the blast from our past network. Hot ride? Hot ride! Hello, Newman. This is so f***ing good! Nothing for you! These pretzels are making me thirsty! Not that there's anything wrong with that. Serenity now! He's a re-gifter! Well, let's start the insanity. Giddy up. Welcome to Seinfeld, a cart. I've done that before. I screwed that up before. You know what? You drink a couple whiskeys and you just forget the name of your own podcast. Welcome to Cartwright, a Seinfeld podcast. We're two super fans giving you every single episode of Seinfeld because Seinfeld is love. Seinfeld is life. I didn't say that last time, but I'm saying it this time because it is truth. I'm Adam. And I'm Corey. And today we are giving you season five, episode 10, The Cigar Store Indian. First aired on December 9th, 1993. Corey, my man, could you give us the synopsis? Yes, sir. Jerry offends Elaine's friend with a cigar store Indian. Kramer sells his coffee table book to Elaine's boss, Mr. Littman. Hashtag my Littman. Okay, I was like, that's not in there. You added that. I added that. <laughs> uh, all right. Well. We start off, per usual, in our breakdown with a stand-up, this one on parents' clothing styles. Oh, boy, the older I get, the more this is true. (laughs) I just don't happen to be a dad, that's all. You can always tell what was the best years of your father's life because they seem to just freeze that clothing style and ride it out to the end, don't they? And it's not like they don't continue shopping. It's just they somehow manage to find new old clothes. Every father is like this fashion time capsule. You know what I mean? It's like they should be on a pedestal with someone next to them going, this was 1965. To me, the worst thing is shopping for pants. I hate dressing and undressing in that little room. What men need is a place to shop where you go in, you check your pants at the door, and you just walk around the store in your underwear. What would be, that would be the best way. Then you, then you would really have to lie to the salesman when they say, do you need some help? No, I'm just getting some air. (laughs) I liked, first, I like both of them. I think the second part was not as funny, but I do agree. Like, I don't like trying on pants, but I think it is funny. But the first part, is so funny because I was literally just talking to somebody about that the other day. Like at some point I've just got, I've locked into a style, right? And I've just had Mm. this style for, for a while now and I don't want another style. And my style is the grip style. It's the, it's if you work in film, you know what I mean? LA grip. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's, it's the, it's the cargo Cargo shorts, shorts. cargo (laughs) shorts, t-shirt and and sneakers. I, the grip style, that is my favorite style. And I don't care anymore. I, when I was, when I was back in LA, I'd get made fun of like, Oh, you look at grip. Now I'm like, yeah, I don't give a shit. I don't have to impress anybody. I look at, I like that style. And that, even that vibe is very grip vibe. It's <laughs> yeah, just like, I don't yeah. give a fuck. Whatever. Don't, give a fuck. don't touch my shit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, fair enough. No, yeah. I, I, I've kind of locked in as well. I'm, I mean, well, I, I work. I have to dress. I, I feel like I have to dress a particular way, so I do. I, I dress with like a short sleeve polo and um, like kind of chinos kind of sh- – Because uh, um, you, you're business you know, casual, right, technically? Yeah, kind of. I mean, I'm not. It's like super casual on the business casual side. Okay. Um, but yeah, for a while I was dressing it a little bit nicer, but now I'm just like, and just polos instead of button downs. Um, but like when it's when it's come the 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 weekend, if I have to put on pants or whatnot, it's it's always I'll just I like to just wear shorts and a t-shirt. That's that. Um, not cor- not cargo. I used to wear cargo back in middle school and and high school, but then I kind of grew out of those. Um, but for me. It's that, or if it's jeans, like if I have to like dress up, I just kind of wear like, you know, if it's a colder night, jeans and like a flannel. I fucking love jeans and a flannel for a colder night. Like that just makes me happy. Yeah. No. And and I like, like, you know, obviously when I go out or something, I'll wear like nicer shorts, but I like to wear shorts because I'm not going to lie. I have 
fucking fantastic legs. It is my my. <laughs> be- I always say it's my best quality, so I'm gonna show them off. I have great calves, you know, and everything. We gotta do a uh, calf off. I like my calves too, so we yeah, gotta dude. do a calf off and be like, all right, whose calves? Vote for <laughs> people, everyone, all of our Cartwright listeners. <laughs> Vote who has the best calves, and we're gonna have to like send a picture. Uh, <laughs> so. You know what? We're we're putting this on on record right now. We are absolutely gonna do this by the time the next this episode drops in two weeks. Uh, yeah, Adam, send me a shot of your of your calves. I'll put. Well, I'll post them on Facebook. We'll get everyone calf off. talking. <laughs> calf off. Calf. I'm gonna have to like. I'm gonna like go to the gym. Like try and get a pump for my calves, and like say, hey buddy, can you can you get a picture of my calf real quick while I'm uh, while I'm pumping them out? That way, so they look particularly good. <laughs> so uh all right we start off this episode at the costanza's place yay hey! yay and it's jerry and elaine and they're talking about the smell there and the funny thing is like even though they're talking about it and we can't smell it all of us have been to like an old person's home and they know this smell and it's like what is it? Is it like, I can't remember what they say. Like, is it B.O.? Is it No, they say dandruff. It's dandruff. Dandruff. That's like, what it is. Yep, a little d- bit of that. Dandruff. And then <laughs> Kashi. Yeah. Uh, Kasha. That's it. What is Kasha? <laughs> I was going to ask you. Literally, I, I was going to say, Adam, what is Kasha? I didn't. That's like one of the one thing I didn't fucking check. I was I'm like, on, I don't know why. You're, you're on your phone doing the video for us talking. I'm on Kasha right now. Okay. And and this is not Kasha, your wife. Um, Kasha, not Kasha, my wife. Yes, K- K- uh, Kasha is a, it's a buckwheat, but it's it's like a wheat. It's used for like cereals and stuff. I think you you just you okay. eat it. It's it's, it's like a, Kashi. It's a boring that cereal. Kashi brand. All right then. <laughs> so, <laughs> Moving on. All right, on. but uh, George is freaking out because um, you know his parents are out of town, and so he's you know letting people over, um, and they're like. You know, uh, using up the, we're not supposed to have parties they're having here. a party. <laughs> yes, they're using the guest soaps, which Kramer is a guest, uh, and I totally understand that he's yeah. you know worried about that. Uh, Jerry puts a coffee mug on the coffee table, which how long was that mug on the table? Because to like leave a ring in a real stain, it has to be there for a long fucking time. Yeah, and at the same time, come on, Jerry, use a fucking uh, coaster. <laughs> let's let's whoa, let's whoa. come on. Hey, hey. Uh, in our household, we're non-coaster people because you know what? I believe a fucking – now, if I'm in a coaster person's home, I will obviously use a coaster because they're coaster people. But we buy – I bought we bought our, our coffee table for like 20 bucks at a Goodwill. It's a strong-ass coffee table. I'm like 250 pounds. I'm a big enough boy. I stand up on that coffee table. It's a strong goddamn coffee table. But – a coffee table is for putting shit on, and I don't want to make it look all super nice. I don't give any fucks. And so we're like, if we're going to spend, you know, buy it just a cheap-ass coffee table, let's not care about that stuff. So I'm a non-coffee person because I believe stuff needs to be set on. So we have a one of those, like, $20 IKEA coffee tables, you know? Um, mm. But then my wife bought these, like, it's like a, a paper print, but you, 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 you glue it onto it to give it this, like, wood look. And it uh-huh. fucking yeah, yeah, like, we, people come over and they're like, oh, my God, how much did that cost? And she's like, oh, no, it's a freaking twenty dollar table that we bought like a five dollar like, you know, thing and just put it on there. Yeah. I mean, and, and it turned out so freaking nice. And and also to boot the the papers coated with something that's like, you know, water resistant. So like nothing oh. freaking stains it. And uh, yeah, my, my wife is very she's good at that kind of stuff, like turning like, you know, stuff that's like a crappy little yeah. twenty dollar thing into like something nicer than what it is for less i don't there's a term for this i don't know what the fuck it <laughs> furniture uh, flipping the, the term, i don't know but you know what i mean i'll say the term for this is we all know anyone who's met the two of you knows that she's better than you <laughs> we all know this <laughs> yeah the term my better half yeah she yeah. doesn't say it about me i say it about her <laughs> and for good reason yeah uh, all right here, while they're talking about the coffee table and all that staining and all that kind of crap on it, Kramer comes up with the idea of a coffee table book on coffee tables. Boom. Love boom, this. boom, boom. The inception boom. right now happened, the coffee table book. Exactly. It was it was placed into his brain. It will come back to us much later in this season. Um, but yeah, for now, he's got the idea and he will roll with it. So I love it. Yeah. Elaine, she needs to get home because she's got something that she's got to do. Jerry promised she would do it, but now George is freaking out. We got to take this coffee table uh, to this place to like refinish it. 
because he's so goddamn worried. He's so scared of his parents. So George doesn't have a car, which makes sense because the hospital episode, George's car got destroyed oh. by the guy jumping off. Yeah. Yeah. Ah, I like that. That's consistent. There you go. That That is consistent. I didn't. I did not think to make that connection, but I'm glad you did. Yeah. Because I was like, why isn't George just driving himself there? But yeah, there you go. He doesn't have a fucking car. Yeah. Um, or, yeah, or borrow one of his, I guess maybe his parents took the car, their car. Oh, I guess they the did Cadillac. because uh, Estelle mentions later about uh, how he wanted, um, you know, uh, Frank wanted a, a receipt for the toll or something like that. Yeah, um, that's so, right. So, yeah, so they drove wherever they were going, uh, which was, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. Probably the Hamptons, if I had to guess. Uh, yeah, something like that. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. And, I don't know. Just and, and and also too, like they don't really mention it, or it's it's kind of hard to tell. But you only sort of learn through them mentioning it. Um, it, I think this episode takes place over the course of like a few, a couple weeks, or there's a gap or something because they mention being gone for two weeks later. But we'll we'll get to it. Don't worry about it now. Yeah, yeah, that's fine. Um, all right. So Elaine, they basically kind of coax her into taking the subway. So that's what she'll do, um, while George and Jerry go and get the coffee table fixed. Elaine's like, I can't ride the subway without something to read, which I kind of find funny. If you were going by yourself, fine, but she's going with Kramer. So like, you can like chill with Kramer, but still. Um, and so Jerry's like, hey, take the TV guide. So she's like, okay, I guess I'll take the TV guide and read that on the subway. Kramer wants to, you know, he's, he's telling her, hey, Elaine, talk to your boss about my coffee table book. It's going to be fucking big. Um, and then he starts getting all excited. There's this one stop that has a, a gyro place. Um, I, God, I flipped out. They all called, they called it gyro so many times in this episode. I wanted to murder them because it's gyro. <laughs> it is gyro, but I cannot not call it gyro. And I'm wonder, I do wonder if it's because of this episode or if it's just because, you know, as a society, we thought it was called gyros back in the nineties, but yeah, it's a gyro. Yeah. It's a euro, and, and can um, I say, God, I love a good euro, man. Oh, Especially yeah. later when Elaine, you see the one Lane is eating. I was like, Oh my God, my mouth was like salivating. Yeah, they, uh, euros are delicious. I love that that like uh, doner meat, like the the yeah. spindle meat yeah. is so good, and, and that tzatziki uh. sauce or whatever. I, yeah, I, I, I know I mispronounced it, right? Yeah, tzatziki. Yeah, there you go. Ah, oh, fucking God, that's so good. It's the cucumber yogurt sauce or what? Oh my mm-hmm. God, so good. Yeah. Hey, yep, all right, guys, yep. we're done. I'm going to go eat now. <laughs> <laughs> we're done talking euros. Um, all right. So someone offers Elaine a highlighter, and it's Sam Lloyd. Oh, fucking love Sam Lloyd. I'm a big fan of Scrubs, so I love I him know. as Ted. I know. And we lost him later this year. I know. R.I.P., man. I, I saw him. I knew you were going to take the lead yeah. on it, you know. Um, but, yeah, it, it, I always know him from Scrubs, even though I didn't watch it as religiously as you. I've seen mm. quite a, f- a bit of Scrubs. Like, yeah. I've watched a lot of it. Um, but uh, he he's he's always the lawyer from Scrubs to me, and he's, he's yeah. great. He's awesome. I, I love the he, guy. He, he plays such a good sad sack. It's yeah. so wonderful. And I always like appreciate seeing these because I, you know, I obviously I remember remembered him as well on the Seinfeld show. Cause he, he'll, he'll reappear yep. uh, later this season as well. Um, but yeah, just, just, you know, pour one out for your homie, yeah. Sam Lloyd. Cause that guy, he killed it on, yeah. on scrubs in my opinion. He, a- so. he absolutely did. He absolutely did. Yep. So, um, Kramer goes out to go get his Euro. And he barely doesn't make it in time. The door <laughs> shut on his arm as he's trying to like <laughs> run through. And this other dude just grabs the gyro and starts eating it. It's funny. It's a funny scene. I love that kind of shit, man. I love like I mean, I don't know, it's it's a New Yorker thing or whatever, but I love the fact that, that guy just grabs it, sits down, ain't nothing but a thing, you know? I'm like, yeah, fuck yeah. But dude. like I, I get I it is like a New Yorker thing, because like in my in my head, like all of the other like train places like if they hit an arm or something, they open up immediately. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. I feel like New York is probably the most evil enough place that <laughs> yeah. it'll like shut it and it'll be like, no, fuck you. You're done. You didn't make it. <laughs> yeah. That, that's how you weed out the weak ones. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> hey, everybody. Corey here. I just wanted to let you know that we'll be right back after these short messages. Have you been wondering where's the beef? Well, on our podcast, Throwback Trivia Takedown, you might just find that out, as well as some other things about the 70s, 80s, and 90s. 
We're a nostalgic-based trivia show that pits two challengers head-to-head in a duel of the decades, with categories ranging from movies, TV and music, to slang, food, and fashion. You're sure to get the best in retro-themed trivia. So strap on your jelly shoes, grab a surge, and walk like an Egyptian to your favorite podcast app and check out Throwback Trivia Takedown. I heard even Mikey likes it. And now, back to the show. So, uh, Jerry, you know, he feels bad about forcing Elaine to take the subway. And so, while they're at this shop, he wants to get her a, a, a peace offering, if you will. A nice little present. And he sees this cigar store Indian. Just a quick little scene of that. Did okay. you recognize the old man? I did not. Was I supposed to? Well, I mean, it, I mean, it depends. You look on IMDb, he's got a shit ton of credits. But the one thing that I always sort of remember him as... It's not a good movie, but it's the um, the 19, 1998 Godzilla movie, uh, the Roland Emmerich one, you know, the one where he looks like a giant uh, iguana, which was... Uh, was the, Ma- the Matthew Broderick one? Yeah, the Matthew Broderick uh, Godzilla movie. Yeah. So he was, the old man was that old fisherman at the beginning of the movie. Oh, And remember okay. they used that scene as like... As yes, like, that was a big trailer moment as, as like well. a trailer like it's yeah. it was it was back in the yeah remember in the 90s when they would take like a full scene from a movie and just turn that into the trailer but it was for here it was perfect because he was like fishing and then yeah you the whole thing you know it but yeah that's who i always sort of remember that guy from but i think huh. when i saw him when i saw the go the godzilla thing i think i kind of was like oh the seinfeld guy you know but i, I don't uh, know where yeah, i don't yeah. know where like it's like the snake eating its own tail i don't know where it started but that's kind of where i know him from all right, so Elaine in the train uh, is, is obviously uh, creeped out by uh, the Sam Lloyd character, who's apparently Rick, uh, character is, is named Ricky, which I don't think we even hear that. No. I don't know why he had a name and not just creepy train dude. <laughs> but um, Elaine leaves in a rush, and she leaves the TV guide, uh, which he kind of grabs, and he sees the address on it. Okay, we'll come back to that later. At the store, Jerry does buy the cigar store Indian, and uh, this lady comes in, I guess, who worked there, I guess the daughter of the guy, of the old guy, or something like that, and she starts flirting with George hard. Mm-hmm. And George is smooth, too. Oh, he is. He, he makes he makes some like kind of quips that are like kind of cute, kind of fun, obviously flirty back, yeah. so good for him. Yeah, good for yeah. Him. I, I I do like when George is smooth. I do like that. Yeah. I don't we we don't like it when he's cocky, but I like it when he's smooth. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, the thing is, we need the cocky so we get the fall. Yeah, you we need that 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 George fall is so much better. Yeah. Um, but here we then cut to poker night at Elaine's place. Uh, I think she, does she have a cigar in her mouth again <laughs> at this point? I think. I can't remember if she did. I I didn't notice that, so I I don't know. I can't say Probably that. Probably not. I was, I was more happy. I was like, oh look, it's Renee from work. It was it was nice to see her get some uh, some more screen time. Yeah, you're right. Yes, yes. Good to see Renee. Um, but so she's doing poker with her girlfriends, and uh, Jerry comes in. He gives her the gift, or he's about to. He pulls in the gift, and he obviously has a little flirtatious. Hi, Winona. Well, cause, uh, which cause, I, yeah, earlier he 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 asked uh, uh, Elaine to put in a good word for yes. him with Winona, so you already he's know. He's obviously interested. Yeah, he's obviously interested, and I gotta say, bro, I have oh my always God. had a huge crush yeah. on the actress that plays Winona. I always I can't remember her name. Her. I I don't know what else she's been in, but you're right. She is so attractive. It's um and just like just seems well put together. Uh, but like her, her character, I would say that character is just like, seems smart, but also yeah. really cute. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, yeah, it's not, it's yeah. Not the, not just the fact that she's absolutely fucking but, stunning. But also, also the fact that she's absolutely fucking stunning. Yeah. Absolutely <laughs> fucking stunning. Um, Kimberly, <clears throat> sorry, Kimberly Guerrero. Um, and, and she's been in a, a bunch of stuff, um, but she's in, uh, like, the newer stuff that she's in is uh, Longmire, which is definitely a dad oh. show because my dad loves fucking Longmire, or he did, you know, whenever it was. I've like, ne- I have not seen it, but I've heard pretty good things about it. Sure, I, I think it's just as good as that show uh, Yellowstone with uh, Kevin Costner. Yeah, Kevin yeah, Costner. Th- yeah, there's so much Western content out there, bro. I, 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 I there is. I can't. There's too much. <laughs> too there's much. Too fucking much. <laughs> too so. much. Oh, what's your mind? Did you guys ever finish uh, Cobra Kai? 
season two? Fuck yeah, we did, bro. <laughs> Loved it. Okay. I love. I will say, just side side note, real quick. Um, season two, I didn't love as much as season one, and I think it was because of John Kreese. I thought I thought the the John Kreese mm. stuff was a little bit too much, like a little too hokey. And the episodes, like at the end where he was not in it, I was a little bit. It kind of picked up okay. for me. Um, like I I like more, I just want to see Johnny and fucking Daniel doing shit. Like you know what I mean? But yeah, I get but, it. I get why John Kreese. But don't you like that? that you they're obviously setting up that Johnny and uh, yeah. Daniel are going to be getting together to yes. fight this bigger evil. Right. Like, that's and, great. And so it was one of those seasons where I was like, I uh, wasn't feeling it, but I do think it stuck the landing. Season two stuck mm. the landing, so it left me wanting more. But I will say, hands down, season one is probably my yeah. one of my top five favorite TV seasons of Ooh. all time. I love wow. season one. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Currently, I'm watching. Well, I'm I'm currently watching Clone Wars. I'm rewatching yeah. that. I'm still watching that thanks to the guys at Talking Back, and I just haven't gotten through with it because I watched Cobra Kai in the middle of it. Yeah, I'm trying to also start the boys in between. I just have yeah. too much time. I, see, the there's thing, not enough time to watch this shit. I, I know that's uh, yeah, and yes, when when you also when you like create content, you also have less time to consume content. But um, I actually read. The, I've read the entire boys series, the the comic book. Mm. Um, it is brutal as fuck. I am dying to watch that TV show. Uh, maybe November. I'll start it right now. It's yep. it's all horror movies all the time. Uh, my wife and I <laughs> are are working our way through. Uh, I got the uh, Scream Factory Friday the Thirteenth box set on Blu-ray, so we're working our way through all of them in order. Um, because I, I Jason's my favorite slasher growing up, but mm-hmm. I was always like a, 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 a zombie Jason. Fan. So like I've only seen parts one through four like once or twice, and they were probably like, twenty five years ago. So like yeah. we're going back and revisiting it, and it's been a it's been a blast. But um, I, I gotta say like my wife's awesome because like she loves horror movies, so I do not have to do any convincing <laughs> to get her to watch any horror movie whatsoever. I can respect that. So my yeah, wife so just non- hates all movies. Period. What'd That's you say? My wife, my wife hates all movies. Period. Oh, <laughs> oh. <laughs> Unless it's like Jaws or Jurassic what? Park and Super Troopers. That's I, it. I, I mean, that's I all she wants to watch. I can't hate on any of those three right there. <laughs> I mean, they're all, yeah, they're all good choices. But like when I'm like, hey, do you want to watch a movie? She's like, yeah, I'll pick one of these three. I'm like, honey, we've seen those th- a bajillion times. How about something new? And she's like, ugh. <laughs> yeah, getting her to do something <laughs> new is kind of like, yeah, um, pulling teeth. So. Uh, oh well <laughs> but i guess that's a good sign she does she doesn't want to do anything new she just wants to keep doing the same old same old so good for me <laughs> good for you because you are the same old same old <laughs> yes i am uh all right let's get back to uh seinfeld here anyway um jerry then unveils his gift immediately things are uncomfortable everything turns silent and i do love the card where he says elaine Let's bury the hatchet. We smoke a peace pipe. <laughs> and Winona is upset and she leaves. And Elaine's like, dude, she's a Native American. <laughs> womp womp. You fucked that up, Jerry. Yeah. So, yeah. You did. So, all right. At uh, George's place, he tries to play off um, his parents. Uh, uh, he's trying to play off his parents' place as his with the girl. And... It's very funny because he's like just doing he's got pictures of himself as a baby. He's drinking prune juice because he couldn't open the liquor cabinet because he doesn't know the lock combination. Thinking, knowing Frank is 100 percent the kind of guy who would have a a locked liquor cabinet like no one else is allowed to get his liquor because it's his. Like all of us are just like. Open liquor. Who gives a fuck? But like Frank, no way. And I, and that is so on, like on character. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, and he's listening to uh, the Ray Conniff singers, who I had to look them up. <laughs> They're just like uh, the Ray Conniff is like an old singer, and like this group, the Ray Conniff singers, were from like the late fifties through the sixties. Um, whatever. They're just an old group of yeah. old fucking singers. I, I don't and know. She even mentioned. I don't know why I know knew who they were, but I was like, oh, yeah, I recognize that. But Jesus Christ, why am I old? What the fuck? Yeah. I shouldn't know that. And she kind of uh, this this 
uh, lady brings up, oh, is that, is that Kashi that I'm smelling? <laughs> a joke from earlier, which just kind of, it lands. Yeah, it, it lands, and then, then he's going to show her the uh, master bedroom. But the boy, master. oh boy, I mean... George is just—he's crushing it right now. He—he's—he's—he's, he's, he's, yeah. And I almost wish he's—it almost punching punching above his weight class is what yeah. very much so. Um, and I almost wish—I feel like this was almost the the precursor to him kind of going doing the opposite thing. I wish he said something like. I'm just gonna fucking just bullshit my like it, there was a, there was a something behind it was yeah. the impetus for him to do all this, but it works, man. It fucking works. Like he just rolls with every punch. He doesn't. Here's the thing. He doesn't overthink anything because I think at this point True. he's like this is all just gravy. He because he's expecting it to just fail at any point in time, but it's not. So he's like, I don't know. Okay, but he's doing great. I love it, man. I love it when George yeah. does great without being cocky. Yeah, it's almost it's almost like opposite George right now. Yeah, a little bit. Because he's just letting all this shit slide. But which yeah, is, it, which it is, is interesting. Which is not normal for George, mm-hmm. which is why I almost wanted him to George to have some sort of a conversation to himself about, like, why is this working type of thing? But yeah, yeah. Didn't, you know, whatever. Ultimately, you don't need it. But yeah, I like how George is just flowing. He's just, yeah, doing a non-George thing, which is just going with the flow. Yep. Uh, so back at Elaine's place, Kramer's there. And he sees the cigar store Indian and he's like, Oh, I I want this. I absolutely will take it. Uh, So he does. And we cut to Jerry trying to apologize to Winona. You know, he, you know, he's just like, Hey, that's not me. I I didn't, you know, I didn't think about that kind of thing. And then he asks a postman where the Chinese place is. He obviously, the postman was hiding kind of behind this uh, mailbox. He stands up. It's a Chinese guy. And, Oh, it just makes Jerry look so much more racist, um, which, you know, obviously it's funny. It's well played off. I, I get it. But, like, even Winona should have realized, like, how the fuck would he know? I, I mean, I think even Winona was like, that's not Jerry's fault there. Because I think, because, you know, yes, she ducked out on this date, but she ultimately went back out with him. Because I think she, it sat yeah. with her and she was like, yeah, that that was... That was that guy's thing. You know what I mean? Like, yes. it was not yeah. Jerry's thing because oh, he, he jumped down his throat immediately. Yeah. It, it, and, it, you know, it older, you know, you know, you know people as well as I do. That was that guy's problem, not Jerry's problem, because he's a fucking postman. Yes, that is a day. But the don't forget, there's no Internet. There's no Yelp. There's no like him to mm-hmm. look up. You know, it's like, OK, where is this place? Let me ask a postman. That is literally the most logical thing you could do at that in that moment. Yeah. It just holy shit. My bad, you happen to be Chinese, and I'm asking yeah. you for the Chinese restaurant, but how is that even racist either, you know? Oh, well, yeah, yeah. It's just the, this is the postman thing. But what is racist is Kramer driving by in his cab <laughs> who's got the cigar store Indian poking out the head, and he's like, Jerry, I got an Indian. <laughs> he does the fucking thing, and it's just like, oh, God. And I'm dying at this point. I'm just like, everything is going bad for Jerry and it looks hilarious and it oh it's funny. I, I dude I am too. I adore Jerry's reaction to this because he's just flabbergasted. Like how what? how can this be happening right now? You know, type of thing. Like it's just it's perfect. I I love what what Kramer's doing in this episode. Every bit of it. Yeah, I agree. Uh, all right, we cut back to George's place. It's uh, Jerry and George there, and they're kind of going over the situation. I do like Jerry's little comment. You know, hey, if, if uh, somebody asks me which way's Israel, I don't fly off the handle, kind of retorting to, to George about what happened with yeah. the Chinese guy. Um, and, and then because Jerry asks, he goes, he goes, uh, he goes, like, are we getting too sensitive, like as a society? Yeah. And I was like, oh, Jerry, Ooh, very the, the things that are going to be coming down the road and. You know, and I say that at the same time, knowing that there was a need to be sensitive about certain things. We've talked about it on this podcast before and everything like things did need to change. But we ultimately did become a little bit too sensitive on every single fucking thing that there is. You know, I've I've mentioned that comedy deserves a little break when it comes to um these these any kind of joke just jokes in general and art art in general deserves yeah. a break because people you, out there hmm. you you can't hold like if yeah. you start holding art 
you have to allow art the space to be uh, a satire. You have to allow it yes. the space to 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 make the comments. You know, to be to make things uncomfortable so that you can yeah. like actually right. look at an issue and stuff like that. And and yeah, I, I'm fully with you on that. To pull it to pull it completely into last episode, the masseuse. They were making fun of an extremely serious situation of non-consent, about rape, about Jerry forcing his girlfriend to give him a massage, which is obviously, it was also a kind of a euphemism to forcing sex and that kind of thing. It was done so hilariously and perfectly and tatering that line, like, other people would watch this, I feel like, People who don't understand that this was a joke or they don't see the depth behind it. And they're like, oh, my God, he's forcing her. This is not consent. This is terrible. But the thing is, that's what they're also making fun of. Like, they're also, like, they're satirizing that stuff. And they're they're making fun of the idiots that do that by joking about it. And mm-hmm. it's all, God, it's it's just, they take, this, this show teeters that line. I was going to say, you know... I, I, my head kind of went to Always Sunny because Always Sunny doesn't teeter the line. They just jump the fucking <laughs> yeah, line. And yeah. that's what, and that's still funny to me. But like this show does it in a different way, in a broadcast comedy way, which uh, is a little bit less intense. But like, and so people, people immediately write something off and they don't realize that there's more to it. Like I remember something with, um, Somebody was, and I can't remember what it was, uh, but like there were students appalled by this Steve uh, Martin King Tut dance. Mm. And they're like, oh, you know, the the SNL King Tut. And they were like, oh my God, he's appropriating that culture and this is all bullshit. It's like, no, he's parodying that all the, like all this stuff is going and being sent around the world and being, um, you know, looked at and like whatever it was like. He was there. There was layers into that joke about like us, about like society, just kind of like, you know, I don't know. I, I don't know where I'm where I'm going with this, but I, I just no, I, I have trouble with people who can't who can't sit back and not smell their own farts. Seinfeld well, says it, it so well. Stop yeah. smelling your own farts. <laughs> <laughs> this episode does a great job of actually giving you sort of both sides of the of, of the scenario, the coin on this one. You know, you also get yeah. Winona and Elaine's side of it, but then you get Jerry's side, who's there's nothing malicious about it. I know that he's wrong. We know we we get it. We get that he's wrong, um, and he should be more sensitive. But it, the fact that he's not he's not being malicious. He's not. Like overtly being racist for the point of being racist, he's just a comedian who grew up in a. He's a guy that grew up in a different time. We've all we all grew up in different times, you know. And you go back and watch a fucking Looney Tunes cartoon, and man, are they not yeah. at all PC back in the day, you know? So I, I like how this episode kind of tries yeah. to tackle it from both angles. Like it does, yes. j- just like with the um the the you know not that there's anything wrong with it they they tackle a subject matter like this that's really big but they do it a little nonchalantly you know and, and mm-hmm. i think that's how you're supposed to do it yeah absolutely all right not nonchalantly but super chalantly <laughs> the costanzas return and they're always all sh- they're they're full chalant <laughs> they're every full time chalant. they <laughs> <laughs> Every time they come in and Frank immediately notices that the TV guide is missing Mm -hmm. uh, and we find out that he collects TV guides. What the (laughs) fuck? (laughs) My grandpa uh, collected National Geographics, which are great for me. My my grandpa did, too. Yeah. And I could go in the basement and look at all the the naked ladies in it. So that was wonderful. Oh, yeah. That was good stuff. But like, yeah, I, I don't know. Yeah, National Geographic's as well. My, whatever it is, grandpas love National Geographic's. <laughs> they did. They did. <laughs> Maybe for the same reasons we did. Who knows? Yeah. <laughs> Back in the day, it was much harder to find that stuff. Yes, it was. <laughs> so, uh, Estelle finds a prophylactic wrapper <laughs> on her bed. <laughs> and there's just, I don't know, great... Great interaction with the three of them, with with Jerry uh, or with uh, Frank, Estelle, and George. And well, and with Jerry because as George yeah. is stumbling, Jerry. Oh God, I love Jerry. He, he, he does bolts. that that pause where he puts his hand over his yeah. shoulder and he's like, "I'm out of here." <laughs> and I love how George yeah. grabs for him, and Jerry's like, "Nope, nope, nope." Uh, Jerry, 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 like, he's like fucking throws his arm like get off me and gets out of there as fast as he can as fast as 
fucking humanly possible. <laughs> yeah. God, but, God, yeah. I love this scene so much. <laughs> so good. Uh, and at the end of it, Jer- uh, George, he's grounded, mister. <laughs> dude, dude. All right. First off, real quick, I do want to call out. I don't know. I was staring intently at, at Jason Alexander's face. And when he builds up the courage to tell his mom, Estelle, yeah. that, I, you know, it was mine or whatever. He yes. has he, he, yes. he goes through like he literally has like a flash goes over his face where he's like, you can tell he's composing himself. It is phenomenal acting on his part. Jason Alexander. And then he, he kind of, you can yeah. see him kind of get any, he, he, you know, he, he says it so sternly, like, like, you know, it was me. I, you know, I had sex, but you saw that nano flash over right. his face where he's just like, Oh God, Oh God, Oh God. Am I really like, it was he, like, am I really doing this? Him, am I really going to go tell my parents? Every option. He's like, okay, how can I get out of this? Can I get out of this? Oh, I can't get yeah. out of this. Okay, fuck. All right, I just have to tell him. Yeah. And then he just, he goes for it. And you see all of that, you're right, in a flash. You see all of it on his face. And that is, and I don't, I mean, at this point, we're five and a half seasons in. I mean, we have to agree. They're all fucking good fucking actors, like comedic actors. But like yeah. seeing that, and I was like, he's really fucking good. Like for real. Like he's, he's, Jason Alexander's yeah. fucking awesome. <laughs> he is. Very strong actor. All right. Um, Jerry is then with Winona and you know, he's, uh, on a date with her again. Got and it. now we got to love Winona. Just stuff. every time you say her name, I'm just like, Oh, Winona love her so much. What, what? Oh my God. I, I'll say whenever I hear that name, I don't think of Winona Ryder. I think of Winona's got herself a big brown beaver and she shows it off to all her friends. There's a Primus <laughs> song called Winona's yep. big brown beaver. Yep. As, <laughs> I only, I only ever think of Winona's big brown beaver whenever I hear the name. So. <laughs> true. True. <laughs> Uh, but he, I love, this is a funny ass scene where now he's trying to be hypersensitive and trying to avoid all of these American Indian words like reservation and scalper and things like that. And he has to dance around it. Um, it's funny. And then at her place, he notices a, uh, the TV guide, the Al Roker TV guide, which who he thinks is Mark McEwen, uh, <laughs> who was the weather guy from CBS this morning. Uh, which is another, that's it. That uh, chubby weatherman. I wonder if they were trying to tie that in as like another little kind of like eh, semi parody of racism that people outside of one race have trouble distinguishing others. And I wonder if that was kind of just like, eh, just another, another little joke. Cause like I've heard that kind of joke before. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. This was just my guess. And I thought, I thought it was, it was fine. It was unnecessary because Al Roker has lasted time. Yeah. Mark McEwen. Who the fuck is Mark McEwen in 2020? I, I have no idea. I 100% agreed. Yep. <laughs> so, all right. Um, so Jerry gives the TV guy to Elaine and, uh, you know, she's all excited, but uh, she doesn't know what happened to the other one. We get a quick little cut of the creeper cutting it up while he's humming the Lucy uh theme song just a funny little thing just a little throwback to uh sam lloyd love sam lloyd uh and then kramer asks about the coffee table book which elaine didn't mention so it's just still kind of on his mind i just call him the creeper i know his name is ricky but he's never named ricky in the fucking show so or sam lloyd the creeper he shows up at the costanza's house because he had the address with a bouquet that he created from cutting up uh the tv guide and uh obviously frank is pissed off about it uh we we cut to Elaine on the subway, who at this point, now she wants a, a euro. Yeah. She's like, oh, I don't want it. I love how she shoves an old lady <laughs> to get a head start to get her euro. Yeah, because it's it's great. They all, and you'll see even Jerry, uh, he didn't already, did he already? Do, uh, it doesn't matter. They all three have the same exact scenario where they shove a person out of the way, you know, to, to sort of mm. have it, you know, to get it or whatever. Yeah, I love it. I love it. Okay. I even, I mean, I yeah. love Elaine shoving the lady. I guess it, it works because yeah. Elaine's not a guy. You know what I mean? So it, yeah. it's, I think it's yeah. funny. It, it, it works. I think it's hilarious. Absolutely does. So um, at Jerry's place, Winona is there. I found it interesting that they're drinking Perrier out of a wine glass. Like, oh. I saw that on their counter. He had Perrier, an open bottle Perrier. They were drinking out of a wine glass. I'm like, it's fucking Perrier. It's just fucking carbonated wine. It's not. It's not wine. Yeah. It's not champagne. It's Perrier. Weird. Yeah. I I I didn't notice that, but now that you're saying it, yeah. Why Why would you drink Perrier out of a? Uh, yeah. But, that's I mean, a little weird. Jerry's Jerry's not much of a drinker. No, he's not. Um, he's not. But yeah. So maybe that's his. Uh, you know, idea of a fancy cocktail. I I don't know. 
Um, but she says that she wants her TV guide back. She's doing a piece because uh, obviously I'm guessing she's a writer as well. That's why she's friends with Elaine. She's doing a piece on um, minorities in television or something. It was some of that, or maybe it was uh, stereotypes in television, something yeah. like that. Yeah. And, and so my question is, why couldn't she just go to the library and grab it? I'm don't they have them uh, on? Don't they have them on file? Like I'm sure there's a collection I, of. I don't know if the TV guide is uh, uh, newspapers are. Yeah, but. But maybe. Um, but because she wants to get her TV guide back, Jerry almost calls her uh, uh, a specific term. Yeah. <laughs> which she is like, what were you going to say? An Indian giver? And what does he say, Corey? He's like, I am not familiar with that term. <laughs> I know. It's so perfect. Good delivery. It was, it's it was a delivery. great delivery. And, and of all the things, like, you know, earlier I was like, okay. The whole reservation thing is a little a little forced. I mean, yeah. it's what it's called. Everyone calls it that. Um, scalping, it's just what it's called, you know. But yes, Indian giver, this that's a term. That's and I get yes. that that's what they're building up to, and I think that's great. That, that I mean, you know, it's funny that they're tackling that. But earlier on with him yep. getting freaked out, but at the same time, yeah. it was Jerry getting freaked out. She didn't have a problem with him saying reservation. True. I guarantee you, if he said reservation, she wouldn't fucking even. Think about it. It was all just him Agreed. being like in his own mind yes. about things. Hypersensitive. And it's because Absolutely. Winona's so fucking hot. He just wanted to get in those pants. <laughs> God. God. Yeah. We all we all do. God damn. <laughs> I'm so happy you my do wife too? doesn't listen to this. <laughs> <laughs> my wife does, but she knows I'm a terrible person. So it's okay. <laughs> and now she knows I'm a terrible person. <laughs> Corey. We've been podcasting for a while. She already yeah, knew she that. Kn- she, she's met you multiple times. She knows, buddy. She knows. She knows. <laughs> hey, everybody. Corey here. I just wanted to let you know that we'll be right back after these short messages. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Talking Back, the podcast where we like to chat about past achievements in movies, comics, video games, and more. I'm your host, Tim. And with me today in studio is co-host Oh, hey, Dean. hey, Tim. Dean. Huh? Uh, this isn't a full episode. This is actually just an ad. All we have to do is tell everyone that our podcasts come out on Mondays and they can find us on their favorite podcatcher. If they're into movies, comics, or video games, they should definitely check us out. Oh, well then, thanks everybody for listening and we'll catch you next time. Talking back. Hey everybody, I'm Corey. And I'm Zach. And we're the hosts of Podcasting After Dark, a cast dedicated to late night horror and sci-fi of the 80s and 90s, often found on HBO and Cinemax. You know, the movies your parents didn't want you watching as a kid. You can find us every other week on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Podbean, and Stitcher. This is what you want. This is what you get. And now, back to the show. All right. On the subway, uh, Elaine is eating her gyro and is just dripping all over the TV guide. She is just... Uh, filthy. She, she's disgusting. Come on, Elaine. She's, yeah, she's filthy. She's, she is obnoxious. And, like, she, 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 she also just doesn't pay attention. Mm-hmm. Like That's pretty sad. But well, I guess we've all spilled well, shit with, before. Well, yeah, but it's also... I don't know. I think it's an indicator of how selfish she is because she ultimately doesn't care about this TV guide. You know, if if she yeah. if she cared about Frank or or if she cared about George, she would care about Frank, and then she should care about this TV guide. I get it, you know, but it's it's kind of an indicator too. She's just as selfish as the 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 rest of them. That's that's their thing. Yeah. That's it is what yes. it is. That being said, I do. Li- we- God, I want to eat that gyro so bad. God, I wanted to destroy it. <laughs> oh my God. Do you know where my head went? <laughs> I, I, now I do. Now back, to, gotta... back to Winona's Big Brown Beaver. <laughs> <laughs> but what, what I actually want to bring up, I want to bring up um, what they've done in this episode, which is something that I will love later on in the show, which is they've kind of set up an almost rivalry with Elaine and Frank. Mm-hmm. They have some contentious moments in this show, and this is kind of the first time where you see Frank like being like, fucking Elaine, she took my TV guide, I hate her, um, and that kind of thing. And we're going to get them batting heads later in some of my, at my, maybe one of my favorite scenes, probably my favorite Frank scene 
um, period. And so it's just like, I'm excited that they're kind of laying that groundwork now. Yeah. Yes, I'm with you. As much as I love the fact that, like, Frank and Kramer, like, are friends, I I love these weird oddball friendships. I also like the oddball adversarial ships as well. And Mm -hmm. it's like, why would Elaine sort of, like, but, yeah, it becomes a thing where she's just like, fuck you, Frank. You know, like, they're going to go head to head. And I love it. I think it's great. I think it's awesome, man. It's fucking great. Yes. So uh, Elaine gets to the Costanza's place and uh, our creeper, Sam Lloyd, is there. Um, Frank, you know, upset because it's stained all over there. I like how he tries to, like, defend her honor and leave with her and she's not having it. Uh, just a funny little scene. Um, we get Kramer trying to sell the, the Indian at an actual cigar store. Mm-hmm. Uh, Lippman is there. Hat. Hashtag your Lippman. <laughs> <laughs> He's my Lippman, too, but still. <laughs> He's all of our um, Lippmans, baby. Yeah, and he uh, he offers to buy it because he's into kitschy stuff, and he wants to buy it for $500, and Kramer's like, giddy up. I will say, Littman is not a good businessman because no. he should have heard th- their conversation. Yeah. What, like, clearly Kramer can't move this thing. He should have he should have yeah. gone with, like, 100 bucks or something. He was going to get a, a box of, uh, what was the cigars? I can't even remember what the cigars were. Um, oh, yeah. Oh, cool. But, uh, yeah, it was. He said something. It was a, yeah, it, yeah. It was like um, Corona. I, I thought he said Romeo Coronas. Juliet, so it wasn't Monte Cristos. I can't remember. He, he said what? he said Coronas. Coronas. Well, Corona is a Cuban cigar, though. Oh, okay. I, I don't. Well, I guess only, maybe it depends. Only Corona I know is beer, and that's why I was like, that's why my ear perked up when he said Coronas. Gotcha. So yeah, I guess it's they're also another a cigar as well. But yeah, ultimately Lippman should have like read the situation and lowballed Kramer, but Kramer wins on this yep. one. Yeah, he does for five hundred bucks, which he got for free. So that's how he makes all his money. Yeah, good Kramer. Yeah, Kramer's a good businessman. So. I, I, I will say, uh, like, it, seeing these types of things, like him getting these, like, kind of minor little windfalls here and there, and we've done the math before, so we know that 500 bucks is roughly around a grand nowadays, you know, mm-hmm. give or take. And so yeah. that's that's not nothing. You know, that's a decent amount of money. Uh, you got to figure Kramer's rent is not probably that expensive. Um, so, yeah, I, I, I like seeing how Kramer survives. It's interesting to see that kind of stuff. Agreed. All right, so Elaine comes to Lippman's office. Kramer is there. Mm. Uh, you know he. We should we should his... we should mention that mm. Lippman asks uh, Kramer to bring it upstairs uh, yeah. to, to Pennant Publishing, which I'm glad Kramer didn't give any pushback because it's fucking five hundred dollars. Like, yeah, I'll yeah, carry exactly. I'll carry it to your fucking house for that. You know. Yeah, easily. So, um, Kramer mentions his book to Lippman. Lippman loves it. He even kind of like disses Elaine a little bit, being like, "This is the kind of shit you should be bringing me," which. You know what? She could have done she, it. But at the same time, maybe Livin might not have loved that idea if it wasn't for seeing Kramer and, you know, just that whole situation. But well, it was um, it was yeah. also smooth as fuck how Kramer like worked it in because he was like, I like that uh, coffee table in the in the yeah. that waiting area. And Lemon's like, OK, you know, he's like, do you mind if I use that in my book? You know, take a picture of that and use that in my book. And Lemon's like, wait, what book? Mm-hmm. And then Kramer and he like in the segues into the pitch. And I was like, yeah, that is like the best way to like wind up a pitch like ever like that is fantastic yep. like Kramer just nailed that he did yeah he did a great job he played Lippman like a fiddle I was gonna say like a book but that's not how you you don't you don't play a book M- much to a Elaine's lessons. chagrin yeah much to Elaine's chagrin um we cut back to the Costanzas Estelle is bringing in uh Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. So Estelle is bringing in the coffee table that has been reworked. Oh, yeah, to that place. Uh, just a, a quick little scene. She, she sees that lady who George had sex with, but they don't find out or anything. I wish that would have been a funny little Well, I mean, they thing. sort of find out. I mean, she's like, oh, this looks like, you know, uh, George Costanza's thing. And she's like, oh, that's my son. I mean, Estelle blows up George's spot. She's like, he's a bum. That yeah, was my house. She blows up. But, but I would have loved that Estelle found out. That George had sex with that lady. Like, right, I wish okay. I, that's a, obviously George. George will never have sex with her again. Right. That lady at the place because Estelle fucked everything up yeah. for him. But I would have loved Estelle. I would have loved to see Estelle's reaction. Yeah, put, putting her that, putting the the dots together. Yeah, exactly. The other lady's reaction, I don't care. I know Estelle. Her reactions are great. Yes. So I would have loved to see that. That's it. Yeah, that's it. I'm I'm so. I'm I'm 100 with you on that one. 
Yeah. So uh, then we are back on the train and we're at the Euro stop with Jerry and uh, he goes in. He's riding with Elaine. He goes and grabs the Euro, comes in. Same thing that happens to Kramer. His arm comes through and then this guy grabs it, sits down. It's Al Roker. Oh, I love <laughs> yeah. it. Al Roker. He does a little cameo and he kind of even hits on Elaine just like the previous creeper Sam Lloyd did. Super cute. I like that. Honestly, they, 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 they dropped him in. This is not a show known for its cameo. It's not like The Simpsons, yeah. where Simpsons puts in flagrant cameos all the time. Yeah. Seinfeld does not do that, but they played out this Al Roker one perfectly. Perfectly. So much better than the Giuliani one. Uh, Al Roker yes. was, was infinitely <laughs> more likable. He was infinitely a better actor than Giuliani a couple episodes ago. But yeah. this is... This is how you do a cameo right, and mm. it works. It, I mean, it works so well, and the fact that, like, yeah. Al Roker, he's kind of also making fun of himself a smidge, but it's, like, it's the yes. perfect level. It's it's perfect. Yeah. It's a perfect cameo. It, it ties back to a joke that we already saw, yep. which was this other creeper. Exactly, and he does kind of make fun of himself. It's, it's great. Absolutely. Good call. But... Not to, not uh, that's not the end of it. Obviously, we have a last little stand-up bit. This one on TV guides. I was always excited as a kid when the new TV guide would come. Somehow, when that front cover is nice and flat, seems like there's a there's good fresh TV shows in it. Then, as the weeks go go by, you start to hate the TV guide. All the shows stink. Everything's all crumpled up and ripped from being sat on, thrown across the room. It's like TV guides, is, it's always being thrown, never handed to another person. It's the world's most thrown reading material. Where's where's the TV guide? He does like a, a throwing motion. There it is. He goes, um, he goes... You know, in the back of the TV guide, they have a phone number, 95 cents a minute. They will give you the answer to the TV guide crossword puzzle. My question is, if you can't do the TV guide crossword puzzle, where are you coming up across 95 cents? <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. That's Dude, the funny. TV guide, bro. First off, uh, the, the first part of the stand-up I thought not was, topical, uh, was great. The second part, you know, kind of kind of petered out a little bit. But, um, oh, man, I used to love getting the TV guide when I was a kid because I would immediately go right to the back to, like, Cinemax, and I would look on Friday and Saturday nights, and I would kind of like, you know, you, you judge, okay, if a movie's starting at 1130, let me go in and then you remember you'd get the the you could look in the back in the glossary the name of the movie you, they would have like a description and shit in it and they would say we, we weren't yeah they would say nudity sexual situations oh, okay. like all that kind of yeah. shit so like i had my keywords back before i even like you know the internet back before i knew what keywords was and i had my keywords in my head that i was like looking for and one day one fateful summer of in the 80s such a gross dirty boy you were oh so dirty so dirty i came across the only time in my life that i ever saw in the back it said extreme sexual situations explicit nudity and that was the the 70s sexploitation film black emmanuel with laura gemser and uh. that movie has been since my holy grail, my my great white whale, you know, great white buffalo for the uh, for the hot tub time machine fans. My great white buffalo, great white buffalo, and uh, dude, I used to love looking back. That's that's all I remember from the TV guide, just the ex explicit sexual content. And I was like, yes, always looking for that, and and Black Emmanuel now. <laughs> I'm still looking nice. for that as well. Yeah, we didn't we didn't have the TV guide. We just used the newspaper. Um, yeah, we didn't, we didn't have an actual TV guide, but, and, yeah. and the TV guide was for the full month, right? Like the, it was a monthly thing, I believe. Uh, yeah. I, I don't remember. Cause I, I yeah. we didn't really have it. Yeah. No, I know. So. Um, I, you jumped on uh, the last one. Let me, let me kick off the, the discussion on this one. I love this episode, man. I think mm -hmm. it was very well done. I think the subject matter that they were tackling, uh, I mean, it's poignant even today, you know, uh, that's not the right yep. word. It's, it's, it's applicable even to today. Yes, applicable. Yeah. It's, it's, it, it's so, this episode felt fucking current. It really, really did. Maybe the subject matter of the, of the cigar store Indian wasn't necessarily current, but like the Because vibe. no one knows what that is. Like cigar stores themselves are a dying thing. And so nobody knows what the hell a cigar store Indian is. Exactly. And at this point, kind of like m what I know a cigar store Indian is from the, uh, the second, uh, 
Creepshow movie was the the one the the beginning. Yeah. Creepshow is an anthology horror movie series, yeah. and, this, and the first yeah. in part two, the first one has um the first story has a cigar store Indian coming back to life to avenge. Uh, anyways, <laughs> um, doesn't matter. I think they did a great job with this episode. I I think it was well written. I think it was fast paced. I think it was so much fun. I think it was just awesome. I loved every bit of it. The icing on the cake is Winona. <laughs> I just, I'm sorry, guys. I have, I have a huge crush on her. I ever since I was, I was a kid. Ever since I first saw this episode, I thought she was fucking just beautiful. Absolutely, hands down, just just beautiful. Um, but now looking at it, like in in 2020, I also like, I get what what Jerry, like the problems Jerry's having. Like he's. <sighs> He's not being malicious. That's the thing. Like, I think mm-hmm. that's what works about it. He's, yes, he's being racist. Yes, it's not appropriate. And yes, it should be phased out. But he's from a different time. He grew up watching different mediums or, or different things. Like, you know, Looney Tunes would make, do all this shit all the fucking time. Watch yeah. any Looney Tunes when when Bugs Bunny dresses up as, as, a, as a Chinese person. Racist as fuck. When he dresses up as, a, as an Indian, uh, Native American. Racist as fuck. Hey, when he dresses up as an, as an actor actual Indian person racist as fuck it's all racist as fuck and yes it is racist but Jerry he's not trying to be racist you know and and that's Mm -hmm. I feel like there's a line that they're really walking and I think they're walking it well uh just like with the uh the 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 gay episode with the the um you know not that there's anything wrong there's anything wrong with yeah I, I think they're doing a good job and of course it it also helps because by this point like I don't think that these episodes would work in season one or two because we know by now that they that they are harmless. Like, you know what I mean? And, and we've yeah. talked about it before, but the coming up later when, when he does, you know, yes, roofies, his girlfriend to play with her toys, it works. <laughs> we, or we think it's going to, cause we haven't seen it yet. It works because they're man childs because they're, they're children. It's, it, there's no malicious intent behind it. And, uh, and I think that this episode, it really, really, really fucking works. It, I mean, I do really think that this fucking episode works. So, you know what? I am going to give it 4.5 uh, uh, Cigar Store Indians out of 5. All right. All right. That is a very solid score. Um, for me, yeah, I'm with you. I, I enjoyed this episode quite a bit. It's got a lot of things going on between Jerry's attempted romance with Winona, the whole TV Guide storyline, the coffee table book storyline, the Cigar Store Indian storyline. I appreciate how all of those are kind of interwoven. And, you know, they all work really well together and they still have some funny through lines through them, kind of like the the joke of the Euro kind of thing ties in some stuff. It's just kind of like gone throughout the rest of the entire episode. Um, Cameo by Al Roker is solid. Obviously, I love me some Sam Lloyd. This is a solid showing. I thought it had some funny stuff. I didn't find it maybe as absolutely stand out as you, but I did find it particularly strong. Very happy with it. I am a fan of the Cigar Store Indian. I gave it four out of five Subway Stop Gyros. <laughs> yeah, not Euros, Gyros Gyro. specifically. And I think yes. I think for me, like, it probably would have been a four, but man, yeah, it was a perfect storm of things that I liked. Uh, yeah. I, and the Costanzas, I mean, like, neither of us mentioned it in, in our final discussion, but I mean, the, the Costanzas were great in this one. You know, it was just, yeah, it was so much fucking fun, dude. I, I love it. And I'm... I am worried that this episode will get taken off of Hulu at some point. Mm. I am scared of that. And I, you know, that's a, that's a whole other discussion and everything about the time and the place that we live in and, and precedents that are being set by like Disney plus and, and stuff like that. But I, I just hope that they don't, you know, I hope that they don't take this yeah. episode off of there. You know, it's I, I because I think that they're trying to make a point and they're not malicious about it. I think that this needs to be out there, you know? Absolutely agree. I mean, this kind of stuff, if they, exactly. Yeah. If they, if they were just being dumb and a product of their time and it was racism fully like, you know, some of like the really old, you said Looney Tunes stuff is just like, wow, they're just, some of that stuff's bad, but they're not like they know what they're doing and they're playing it in a way that it's obvious parody that they're obviously knowing they're like, hey, this stuff is wrong. But we're going to joke about it, but it's still wrong. That kind of thing is perfect. But it's, it's, it's done in such a way that it's hard for people of 2020 to realize that. Right. And I mean, it, it also shows, I mean, Jerry doesn't just 
I mean, here's the bad thing. If if Jerry was like, oh, well, fuck her if she can't take a joke. But no, he like, he tries. Like, you know, whether he yeah. he tries correctly or not, we you know, that that's a, a different discussion. Smarter people can have that discussion than me. But like, I feel like, I feel like Jerry tried. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like he actually tried to make a difference. But where they came to at a, at a head at the end it's weird because it wasn't so much they were fighting about the phrase the Indian giver. I mean, it, they're also fighting about the fact that she gave him something and then was like, I want it back now. Like, not just the phrase Indian giver, giver like, that's also kind of like a shitty thing to do as well, right? Like, so, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Like, it, they, no one was right. Like, no one was right and no one was wrong in, in this situation. And I think that's why it works because ultimately, we, and we laughed the entire time. And that's what fucking, yeah. like, awesome comedy uh, does, just like with the, 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 not that there's anything wrong with that. It allows you to, mm-hmm. to, to look at things and, and assess things and, and discuss things that maybe, you know, some people were too uh, uncomfortable with discussing before. This is, this is, it's necessary. And if you take it away, if Hulu fucking decides to take this off and, and make this disappear, it, it, we're going down a fucking rabbit hole as a society of mm-hmm. making things just disappear. You know, it, it's just, it is what it is. So whatever, that's a whole nother discussion. Probably other podcasts have that discussion, but I just, I think this was handled well and I really fucking liked it. Was. it. And also it was. Winona hot as fuck. <laughs> Corey, yeah, I haven't heard that. You, wait, you have a thing for Winona? <laughs> tell me more, sir. <laughs> yeah, right? Seriously. Why don't you tell me more about the thing that you have going on with your brother? That sounded whoa, bad. Whoa, that sounded whoa. terrible. Yeah. The podcast. The podcast <laughs> you got going on instead. Oh, okay. God. That was terrible. I'm sorry. We're, we're done, guys. We're done. It's over. It's all over, guys. We're done. My brother and I have two podcasts. Our first one is called The Blast from Our Past Podcast, where we talk all things nostalgic-based, all things uh, TV, film, album reviews, top 10, anything from our nostalgia that we feel like talking about or other people's nostalgia they want to talk with us about, we'll talk about it. And then we also have uh, a show called Throwback Trivia Takedown, which is, uh, you know, trivia from nostalgic-based. It's it's all just anything that happened pretty much in the 70s, 80s, or 90s. We make trivia questions from them, and it's that, and that's as simple as that. We hope you guys check it out. We hope if you like trivia, absolutely check it out. Uh, can um, I can I say and, real quick as someone who's not only been on Throwback Trivia Takedown, mm-hmm. but actually like there was a weird little occurrence where I kind of filled in for you, so you could you and uh, uh, John yeah, could so sort John of, and I could yeah. go against each other. So so I had to actually come up with the the questions and stuff like that. I, my hat is off to you guys. That is that is in that show is infinitely harder to produce than say Cartwright a Seinfeld <laughs> podcast is because here we just kind of watch the show talk about it there you got to like come up with questions you got to fucking write it's hats off to you that is a lot of work my friend and it is a well-produced show it's a fun show to both be on and listen to I appreciate that but I don't know if that show is even half as good as podcasting <laughs> after dark <laughs> well you would know you're you're actually we should have plugged you actually uh, last week because you were on Podcasting After Dark last week on the watch yeah. list. But uh, yeah, this week, let's plug you this week. So guys, go and listen. Uh, I, I talked to Adam on Podcast After Dark. Uh, our watch list this month, we did uh, our top five favorite action scenes. Not just like action movies, but like action scenes. Yeah. Fight, it was like fight, yeah, fight scenes. Fight scenes yeah. type of thing, yeah. And uh, it's, it was a lot of fun. Adam and I had a great conversation um, and uh, that came out last week. So please go, go check yeah that out i'm sure you've probably at this point seen me promote it and everything but uh yeah podcast after dark it's a lot of fun uh me and our friend zach we talk about cult movies from the you know, 80s i mean like i could just say the bulk of it's from the 80s but also like the yeah 90s y'all y- y'all don't really dive into the 90s really at all yeah. maybe late 70s but like it's a big 80. You and Zach are 80s boys. We are, yeah, we are products of the 80s. And these are specifically like cult movies that we love. Stuff like, you know, Defcon 4 and, and weird shit you know, like that. So, uh, Savage Summer Streets of 84. with Linda Blair. No, shit that yeah. no one knows. 
<laughs> or class of 84. That's what I meant to say. Class of class, yeah, class of 84 was, was, was a good one. And uh, we also, you know, talked to, um, so, you know, we interviewed celebrities. We interviewed directors and actors. Uh, our newest interview that will be dropping this month is our interview with Tom Noonan, who uh, played Kane, the bad guy, in RoboCop yeah. 2. And he was also uh, uh, Frankenstein's monster in Monster Squad. Uh, two movies that we re- you and I reviewed. Well, John was also yes. on the Monster Squad one, but two of them yeah, that we reviewed John. on Blast from Our Past. That's right. We have talked about both of them. I had a great time discussing both of them with you uh, because your passion for both of those films is pretty ridiculous. Uh, but yeah, so if you want to hear <laughs> us talk about Tom Noonan, w- listen to those on the Blast from Our Past and then go listen to this Tom Noonan interview. Yeah, that's right. I, could, I couldn't have said it better myself. And if you guys love what we do, if you love what, what Blast from Our Past does, if you love what Podcast After Dark does and Ann Cartwright, go listen to Talking Back. Tim and Dean, they put on a yep. great show over there. They, you know, they break down movies, TV shows, comic books from their past. or you know, It's, it's all our, our entire network is all nostalgic based, you know, at this, at this point. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and it's, it's, it's a lot of fun. They cover a lot of different bases and it's, it's awesome because between talking back blast from our past and podcasting after dark, we don't have any, like, like any overlaps yet. Now I will say, uh, talking Not back much. did, did cover a movie that podcasting after dark will cover at some point. Um, but for the most part, we don't have any crossover and that's pretty fucking awesome. So go check those yeah. guys out. It's, it's every minimal. link. Yeah. Every, yeah. Very minimal. Every link for every podcast in our network, uh, including Cartwright, including throwback trivia, takedown blast from our past, talking back, everything podcast after dark can all be found on our network website. And that is bfopnetwork.com. Again, that's bfopnetwork.com. Sometimes you might hear it referred to as beef up <laughs> it, it is so much fun to say if you guys uh, heard the last episode <laughs> and uh as always we appreciate all the love and support you guys give us uh from the five star reviews to the uh to the patronism patronism of our patreon yeah. The patronizing of our Patreon. There you go. Um, Yeah. And, uh, you know, if you're somehow new to this show and you're like, hey, man. Hey, man. I assume you're just talking to yourself into the ether. Hey, man. Hey, man. Dude. Like, what what do I do to, like, support these guys, yo? Where do I listen to the first three seasons, bruh? Well, they're all, they're all, the entire back catalog is on our Patreon page. That's patreon.com slash Cartwright. Patreon.com slash Cartwright. And Adam... You know, for all that content, I think we're pushing 60 or 70 episodes at this point. How much would you expect to pay for ad-free versions of every single episode that we've ever produced on Cartwright? I I mean, if we're doing 60 or 70 episodes, probably 60 or 70 dollars. Easy. Right? Well, easy. Well, well, you're close with the dollar word in there, but it's actually only one dollar a month for everything. What? <laughs> so, guys and gals, uh, you can unlock everything there. Uh, you know, all proceeds go go towards supporting the show, uh, server fees, you know, all that kind of stuff. So, we appreciate all the love and support you guys give us, and uh, always, right? Yes, and if you cannot support us financially, we totally get that. We don't love it. We love our financial supporters way more. That's just how it works. But we still love you for listening. And if you can give us a five-star review on whatever podcast app you're listening to us on, that would be huge and a massive free way to help support our podcast and help grow it. Yes, thank. Yes, appreciate that. Thank you for all the reviews, and you guys rock. And we will see you guys next week with the conversation. Hello, everybody. I'm Adam. I'm John. And every week we are giving you a blast from our past. We are the podcast that brings you full-on movie breakdowns, TV show reviews, album reviews, top tens, and more, all from the things of our nostalgic past. So please join us every single week on the Blast From Our Past podcast. You can find us on Spotify, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, however you listen to podcasts, you can find us, and we would love to have you take a trip with us to the land of nostalgia. 